Those with a drive to go have an undeniable calling. They are not content to simply have a transformative idea. They want to create and build. They want to wrestle challenges to the ground and bring solutions to scale. They are makers and doers. They are go-getters. Go-Getters features straight-up conversations with leaders on the forefront of change who are taking action to impact our world, just as Lehigh people have done for more than 150 years. Join us as we explore their challenges, their passions, and what makes them go. Hello, and welcome to Go-Getters. I'm Joe Buck, and today I would like to welcome my guest, Chris Kautzman, Innovator in Residence for Lehigh's Baker Institute for Entrepreneurship, Creativity, and Innovation to our podcast. Chris, in addition to his work at the Baker Institute, is also a double Lehigh alum. He graduated from Lehigh University in 2013 with a mechanical engineering degree and entrepreneurship minor, followed by a master's of engineering in technical entrepreneurship in 2014. Chris, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you being here. Let me start with your Lehigh student experience. Could you tell us a little bit about your undergraduate experience and when did entrepreneurship become um, a shining light for you? I mean, a lot of your work since has been focused on entrepreneurship. And did you come to Lehigh wanting to be an entrepreneur? I didn't even know what that word was when I came to Lehigh. Um, so it was certainly not something that I was aware of. What I what I did know when I was looking for schools, you know, towards the end of, of high school was I always loved to to design and build things, and I started kind of looking around the world and realizing that everything that we see, every product we touch, service we see, somebody made that. And so I didn't know the word entrepreneurship, but I remember being fascinated by looking at you know the window that's in the house and saying somebody designed every aspect of that. Um, and so when I was looking at schools, engineering became the thing that I was that I was most interested in, thinking that that's where I could design and build products. And and I I grew up. Um, with parents who always encouraged um, building things and tools and and trying things out. And so so I was looking at different engineering schools, and I remember comparing places like University of Vermont, which was a school I was very interested in, Lehigh, very different engineering schools. Um, and I was incredibly impressed by the the equipment availability that was available to undergraduate students. And so that was one of the main drivers of me choosing Lehigh, um, along with the product development courses and and whatnot that existed. So when I got here, I was jazzed and I was excited and I had seen all this stuff and I had all the ways I thought engineering was going to work. And then as, as any engineer knows, you, you get to an engineering program and you end up in a lot of very challenging math, science classes, you know, linear differential equations, Chem 30. And I just remember struggling through those and saying, when am I going to get to build something? When am I going to design something and use this? And so I, I tell students very often and, and somewhat jokingly now that I've been at, at Lehigh for over a decade, that by my sophomore year, I was not a fan of Lehigh. I was looking at other schools. I was frustrated. I wasn't getting the application side that I was interested in. And, and entrepreneurship is what changed that for me. So entrepreneurship came around around my sophomore year where I started participating in Entrepreneurship 101 with Professor Pat Costa, Lehigh Silicon Valley. And it showed me the value of my engineering and the way I wanted to apply it. And looking back, it had nothing to do with Lehigh's engineering school being bad. It was phenomenal. It was I wasn't putting myself out there and pursuing all of the other things that Lehigh had to offer to make that degree useful for me and the way I wanted to, to apply it. You, you said something that has been a, a common theme from some of the other interviews we've done around 
uh, entrepreneurship. Um, we were we did a, a conversation with Andrew Hill, and we did a conversation with some uh, recent alumni, and and you used a, a phrase about put yourself out there. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how do students put themselves out there, and how does the the Baker Institute enable right uh, and and entice and incent students to put themselves out there. You're, you're not the first person to, to say it, and it seems to me that it's really core to take full advantage of the entrepreneurship opportunities at Lehigh and at the Baker Institute. Yeah, and, and I would say it's even beyond just the entrepreneurship focus. I think just generally with, with students, um, there's often, I had a conversation with a student yesterday who came in and just said, you know, I'm not, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And I had never met the student before, but he had, I'd gone to a class and he had kind of resonated with what I was saying. And so he followed up with a meeting. I just, I'm not, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I haven't found myself yet. I said, well, passions don't just show up. They don't just appear out of nowhere. You're not just going to wake up one day and be passionate about something. Those passions are formed over time by trying stuff, figuring out what you can't stand, figuring out what's kind of okay and figuring out what you actually really enjoy. And then doing more of that and less of the other things. Um, and so the, the easiest way I say it to students is you just got to show up and you got to show up to a bunch of stuff and, and start sampling to understand what, what works. Um, for me, when I was a student, uh, the biggest thing was I started reading the university announcements that I ignored for two years before that. Went in and I said, look at all these incredible people that are coming to campus. And so I started going to the, the free lectures and the events that were going on. And a bunch of my friends started saying, how are you meeting all these people all of a sudden? I started reading those emails. I started going to those things and showing up at them. And, and there was a, a flipping point for me. Um, I, I remember the, the CEO of Corning Glass at the time was a Lehigh alum. Still is, Wendell Weeks? Wendell Weeks. And so he, he gave a talk, it was in Zollner, and I just went because I thought, okay, I'll just go to this free lecture. So I show up and I remember just going up to him afterwards and saying hi, I was an undergraduate student. You know, just thank you. It's super interesting. I hadn't ever learned about this before. I'd been to Corning Glass Museum as a kid and found it fascinating. And he he gave me his personal business card and said, follow up if you're ever interested in an internship or if you ever, you know, are interested in doing it. And my my world opened up. So okay, I would have never known this person existed. I would have never known the 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 knowledge that I gained from his leadership and how he was thinking about leading that organization going from a you know Pyrex to fiber optics, you know, and gorilla glass, glass and this transition yeah. of of the way glass is used in our society. Um, and then I had a personal connection to someone that I could follow up with. And so from that point on, I just started showing up to everything, entrepreneurship, lectures, and I started honing in on what what was the areas that I found passion in. And for me, it ended up being that entrepreneurship. Yeah. So we do the same thing with students. Show up, try stuff out, continue to come back, and then pick up on which part of entrepreneurship, for example, you're interested in. Do you want to be a founder? Do you want to be an innovator in industry? Do you want the mindset of an entrepreneur to be able to apply to, you know, public policy? There's a lot of different applications when we look at look at entrepreneurship beyond just the I want to start my own company now. Yeah, so business creation is not the objective function for for everyone for whom the Baker Institute engages. But but I'm interested from your ex- firsthand experience, how how has the institute's offerings evolved over over your time? Yeah, so the Baker Institute from its from its founding um, our our endowment from the Baker family has always been a two-sided mission. There's the venture creation side, and then there's this entrepreneurial mindset side. The development of of creativity, innovation, and entrepreneurship is a way of thinking and approaching problem solving. 
Dexter Baker, the 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 um, main benefactor, the primary benefactor to the Baker Institute, he grew his career in air products. He wasn't the founder of air products, but he grew using an entrepreneurial mindset, creative mindset, to be able to grow that company to the to the global success that it, that it became. Um, and so, as as my time has has existed in the past ten years at at the Baker Institute. Um, we started off in some pretty traditional ways, very successful early on things like the Eureka competition. Eureka, though, in the beginning was a once a year um, business plan competition uh, where where students were competing for a single grand prize and they'd get some cash and they'd get some mentorship resources. And then a year later, they could do it again. And so the evolution that we've looked at with programs like that is the recognition that that's a that's a hard barrier for some students to get into the venture creation side. So now Eureka is every month. It's got stage one through stage three. You can come in with nothing more than a problem identified in the world that you want to go solve, and we'll help you create that from there. We've got programs that exist before that in the venture creation side. That's what to do with an idea. How do you do opportunity scanning, recognize problems in the world, and then follow on programs to that, like Founder Circle, where founders who have unique struggles as being a student founder get together and say, Man, how are you guys keeping up with classes and organization and, and whatnot? So the venture creation side has evolved to be a much more continuous process from earlier stage all the way through what Andrew Hill is working on now, developing that the ventures lab and being able to create the, the full-time founder support systems that, that are needed. On the parallel to that, we've been doing a lot of work in the entrepreneurial mindset development. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've doubled down on things like design thinking. Same core principles as the entrepreneurial mindset, where it's human-centered design. But when you remove the, the word entrepreneurship from that and you add design thinking in, we found that a lot more students who might, might be fearful of the, the business side end up coming to us. We can get students from public policy coming in and art, architecture and design and the sciences. And are and, they working alongside the folks who have already decided they want the venture piece? So we love mixing everybody mixing together. together. Yeah. So at the early phases, it's the same mindset that you need to create. Sure. Some students coming out of those design thinking programs will go start businesses out of it. Others will go look at jobs. Others will go and, and you know, move forward into graduate school and approach their research differently because now they're doing it based on on society, societal problems instead of what they think is an interesting idea themselves. Right? So it's, it's a big shift in kind of the way in which students are approaching problems. Um, we've integrated that into our summer programs like the Hatchery, which is a six-week full-time program for students to be able to develop their own, their own ideas based on the design thinking principles and a number of other smaller programs that we have throughout, throughout the year on that, that mindset side. So the, the last thing in that is we spend a lot of time celebrating the stories of the, the founders as we should. You know, I, I know Gianna, um, Brian, and Serena were on were on the podcast recently, and they are phenomenal stories, and I am beyond proud of them. To right? quote Andrew Hill, who I said, what would you tell our students? He said, if they're running a business, please come talk to me because what we have to offer is helpful and free. So, yeah. you know, come on and take advantage of it. Yeah. So, sounds like you're saying the same thing. Innovator in residence. Now, this is um, an interesting title, one that I, I've never met at Innovator in Residence before. Um could you tell our audience what you know? What is a other than sitting in this podcast on a on a you know uh, Wednesday afternoon? What does a normal Wednesday afternoon look like for the innovator in residence at Lehigh? Yeah, so so Lisa Gessler, the executive director of the Baker Institute, does a phenomenal job of of running our institute much like a startup. And in an early stage startup, you have to recognize the needs of your users and stakeholders and customers. In our case, our primary um, user are students, 
And so my role was created out of the recognition that students need um, both curricular and co-curricular programming to support their their development in whatever that development is. Like we mentioned, sometimes it's venture development, sometimes it's personal and mindset development um, of, of the way they think. So my role is really now focused on those two things, being the, the, the conduit from the Baker Institute to the students, primarily undergraduate in my case, although I do spend some time with, with uh, graduate students as well. Um, day to day, I teach a design thinking course every semester called Introduction to Design Thinking for Innovation. Um, I spend a, a lot of my time in individual direct meetings with students. So Gianna is a great example of that, as I, I was invited in by Sabrina Jedlica to review some capstone presentations, reviewed those, saw her work, said, hey, if you ever if you ever want to do anything with this, you're phenomenal. This work is amazing. You've rationalized everything, right? If you really want to do something, come talk to us, right? And so it's hard to define because sometimes it's that. Come talk to us. And I grab coffee with Gianna and I say, hey, what do you want to do in your life? And what do you want to do with this? With this and idea, yeah. Where are you at and how can we help you? And mm -hmm. so it's a lot of um, recognition of trying to understand where students are, what programming and, and resources we can provide to them to help move them forward. I'm wondering if there are any other students or any pro other projects that, that you are really excited about, either you know about to work with or recently worked with. And So starting with a, a later stage one, he's uh, about three years out of Lehigh. He just won a major Lehigh award for a distinguished alumni. Um, his name is Sam Benchigib. He's been working on Make a Change World and Sungai Watch. They're two different ventures that he started with his brother and sister, all focused on ocean, ocean plastic pollution. First one, Make a Change World, being really about creating viral content to raise awareness. Um, they've had some massive successes where they've gotten, you know, leaders of, of, of countries to actually commit resources to, to clean up rivers, um, which is the driving force to ocean plastic pollution coming from rivers. And Sam has a great story, and I'll, I'll say to our audience, if, if they um, would be uh, so kind as to check out the Inside the Studio page for this episode, we'll put some of the links to Sam's work there and perhaps a link to Sam's um, uh, recent Distinguished Alumni Award. Yeah, so he's he's phenomenal. I, I, I very often, I've told him this directly, that he is an inspiration to me, much like Gianna, Serena, and Brian. They're executing on things that I never thought possible when I was their age. Sam ran across the country to raise awareness. Yes. There are less people have done that than have climbed Everest. Yes. You know, he is incredible in the work that he's he is doing. And so his new company, Sungai Watch, they create river barriers, trash barriers. He has almost 100 employees now that collect that trash. Some goes to traditional recycling streams. He's creating new products out of the stuff that can't go into traditional recycling streams. Um, and he's scanning every piece of trash that comes out. So he's creating a data set that, that is likely going to be unparalleled to understand what plastic is coming from where um, and getting into the rivers uh, to be able to do some, some data tracking on that. So he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, and that started from him growing up in Indonesia and some of, and the plastic waste in the waterways in Indonesia. Yeah. yeah, and so he had he was one of the lucky few who actually came to Lehigh with a passion. Yeah, and then that passion we were able to to help grow through his time through his time here. A um, couple other students that are current right now. Um, we've got we've got first year students. Uh, his name is is Dulra. Um, he comes from South Africa, um, and he started meeting with me before he even showed up on campus. Because he had worked on some ventures in high school, he's creating um, a, a banking service within um, Africa to support um, South African students to start. 
in being able to get banked um, and get digital wallets um, in, a, in a market that traditionally has very, very low banking rates. And he's identified some really, really specific problems with that and has been doing phenomenally well um, in, in the development phase right now of getting that, that product and service created. Um, so he's working his tail off. He is incredibly smart. He's incredibly kind and humble. Um, and, and he's been a phenomenal, phenomenal student in his first semester here. We have another student um, in a similar situation who actually came to Lehigh knowing about entrepreneurship. He had his own venture. Um, his name is Roman. Um, he's coming from Ukraine. He is one that is one of just the most inspirational young people I've ever met in my life. Um, he actually just last week um, said almost on an aside because he's so humble that he actually just got a recognition, the highest recognition you can get um, from the Ukrainian defense ministry um, because he, in addition to the startup around a Ukrainian language learning concept that he's created before the war, mm -hmm. in addition to that startup, he's also been using the proceeds from that and his extra time and resources to be able to provide resources and send them back to troops in, in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And he just got recognized by the Ukrainian defense minister. You would have no idea the stress that's on him and the, the work that he puts in and the dedication that he has. And I get to sit in a room with him once a week. Yeah, I always feel like I was a slacker when I think back to my time when I talked to our current students. And you're, you're, you're certainly uh, reinforcing that notion so, uh, whenever um, you know the, I get a chance to engage with our students. It is it – is, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Certain folks will say, oh, you know, Gen Z or the millennials these days and the Gen Zs these days, yeah. they're so unmotivated and they, they're not focused and they're not, you know, sitting still in my class and they're not doing the homework. And I, I don't know if it's just because I'm in this entrepreneurial space. I see the complete opposite. Yeah. In the work that I do, I am inspired by them every day. I cannot believe the commitment and, and the level of work that they put into these ventures yeah. and to, to solving meaningful problems in the world. I, I'm sure you've been asked this this question I'm about to ask you, you know, a thousand times and I, you know, about what are the characteristics of a successful entrepreneur? Can entrepreneurship be taught, right? Or entrepreneurial thinking be taught, right? To me, that's the more interesting question. Yeah. So certainly something we think about all the time. I'm a firm believer that it can be taught. Otherwise, we shouldn't be doing anything, right? Because we're in a university. We are, we are teaching. We are encouraging. We're, we're creating um, this, this air for students that, that allows them to learn new things to become entrepreneurs um, or entrepreneurial thinkers. Um, so, so a lot of times the example I'll use with students uh, connects first back to creativity. I'll ask students, you know, do you think you're creative, right? And do you think creativity can be taught or, or not? Or is it innate? I'm a creative person or I'm not. Um, and usually the room is, you know, split. You know, some people think it's innate. Some people think it can be, be taught. And then I'll ask, you know, when you were two, were you able to draw on a sheet of paper a squiggly line and go to your mom or dad and say, look, I drew an elephant? And they all say, yeah. Okay, great. Well, we're all born creative, right? but some of us have had that beaten out of us over time, largely through you know, our education system and peer pressure. And you know, one person that says when you're six years old, that's not an elephant. That's a squiggly line. Well, over time, that side of the person is, is sequestered put off into the corner. Um, and so a lot of times what we do is we just bring that creativity back out and we see the same thing in a lot of the entrepreneurial uh, uh, endeavors, mm -hmm. right? I think most kids have confidence. They, they're not fearful of someone judging them. Okay, well, we can just bring that confidence back out then and we can have them see themselves in a different light. And so, so I never go into a room and say, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you're not. So I 
there are certainly some characteristics, right? Resilience is certainly one. A big one that we look for, especially early on, is coachability. Coachability, um, yeah. That's one that can be taught, but is one that's actually very challenging to teach because without that, all of the other things you can't teach. So that's, that's something that we look for early on. Um, but if a student comes in and starts saying, well, this is the best venture ever created, and I know this and I know that, it's actually somebody that we, we put the brakes on supporting for a little bit until they're able to actually receive that coaching because if they're not coachable, then we can't, you know, help sure. them in in the ways that that are that are appropriate. Yeah, yeah. You um, you when you were talking about um, your you know experiences, you you'd use the word we quite often about you know not just you who engages with students. You mentioned uh, Lisa Getzler and and Andrew and and others. Um, I I know that you've been working with one of our alumni mentors, uh, uh, Jamie Flinchball, for some time. What what influence do alumni like Jamie offer our students? Yeah, so so Jamie has committed to the Baker Institute since before I think the Baker Institute was even called the Baker Institute, when it was just kind of like, let's help some students in whatever ways that we can. And he's been around for 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 well over a decade in that direct support of students. So so alumni play a critical, critical role in in the support that we have for students. Because the reality is, as much as I can support X number of students in an early stage process side of things. I'm not an expert in all of these industries. I'm not an expert in, you know, the next phase of, of their development cycles. And so the process that we have right now, um, I, I run a, a very small kind of alumni mentor group that Jamie's, Jamie's part of. Um, and what I do is when I start seeing a, a team kind of mature in certain areas or have gaps in their knowledge, um, we have we have three different categories of those alum that we look for. The first of which is the is the category that Jamie's in, which is the the generalist. He knows early stage ventures. He understands how to work with a student. So it's not just that he knows the content. Lots of people know the content, but he understands how to translate that content to a student and help them understand why you know, a business model is important and why a business model is going to look different at six months than it is a year from now and it is for two years from now. So we need to actually three business models or four business models. And he can challenge and, and coach without directing and telling. Mm -hmm. So that's super important. The second category um, is industry specific. Right. Business to business, right? It's, business yep. to business, hardware yep. tech product. And the, and the recurring theme in, in startups is hardware is hard. Yep. So when you have to actually make the thing, right, you've got to manufacture this thing. Yeah. You've got to, you know, create custom circuit boards and work out deals with manufacturers and understand the, the strategic choices between where to, where to do those manufacturing um, ramp ups. Um, that's when we'll look for, you know, specific industry knowledge. Um, and then the third category is, is professional service providers. So accountants, lawyers, um, insurance providers. And that's a category where students um, oftentimes can get massive, massive early on uh, uh, cost savings and direct guidance that alumni provide and save them massive amounts of resources that they can apply then to other aspects of their business. And yeah. so that's been a huge, huge, huge help. Um, people like uh, Buddy Lesavoy, um, he's been phenomenal in, in over the past many years in helping students in, you know, filing for an LLC and talking them through early challenges sure. and, and supporting them in, in those ways. So that's something that we're actually looking to grow. I was going to um, ask you, is there is there capacity for uh, our listeners, you know, mostly but not all Lehigh alumni, is there capacity for them to get more involved with Baker with these kind of things? And 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 if, if so, what's the 
What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So, so across the board, the answer is yes. We have a, a multitude of ways of working with alumni, whether that's sharing stories through programs like our Lehigh Silicon Valley program um, or working directly with students. Um, so absolutely, best way to do it is go to our website and reach out to, to either the Baker Institute, me directly, Lisa directly, um, and we'll kind of funnel you to the right person based on kind of where your interests, um, interests lie. Uh, we're, we're right now specifically looking for, for support in that uh, professional service provider side of, side of things as we're getting more ventures that are actually getting to that point of commercialization. And it's we'll there. put the, those links and your information on our inside the episode page as well so our audience can find that direct path to, to uh, folks at the, at the Baker Institute. And that, that alumni group, you know, there's Jamie, there's Brent Rosenthal, there's a, there's a number of, of folks who have just over the years just committed so much. You know, the, the Thalheimer family, they have created so much for support for our students that it, it's it's almost incomprehensible to me where they are so willing. I mean, they there's no reason they should be picking up a phone call from me, right? Like, I, especially a decade ago, I didn't know them. I, I was 22 years old trying to find resources for students, and they've been taking my calls for a decade. And there's there's you know 30 people on that list, but it has made such a difference in the way that we're able to support students. Um, where students come to us and we say. No, we can really give you $1,000 a month for you to go explore and, and prototype your idea. Yeah. And then we can connect you with people like Jamie, who will sit down with you for, for weeks on end over and over again and coach you through the challenges that you're, you don't even know are coming. And he'll be there to help you with it. Um, and, and that has, has really made, made our staff, which is a small staff on campus, be able to execute on things far beyond what we would be able to, to otherwise. Well, it's um, it's a really important part of the Lehigh ecosystem. If, you know, you think about um, broadly defined, fifty percent of our students engage in some type of experiential learning opportunity. They're not all entrepreneurial. They're not all running through the Baker Institute, but that fifty percent of our students. This is core to uh, to the Lehigh experience. You know, I want to say thank you for your commitment to to Lehigh and uh, and for what you've done for our students. It was a real pleasure to inter- uh, interview Gianna and Brian and, and, and Serena. And I know you have um, uh, many sources of pride, but I, but I know that those three particularly are, are prideful for you. They should be, and they're certainly proud of being affiliated with you. Um, uh, Chris, it's been a real pleasure. I thank you so much for, for being with us today. Thank you. I'll leave you with this one thought that those stories are phenomenal. And I equally celebrate the, the quote from a student who fully encapsulated the entrepreneurial mindset where, where she graduated and said, I used to go around the world seeing all sorts of problems and saying somebody should really do something about that. And by the time she graduated, she said, I graduated after going through the Baker Institute programs. And now I go around the world saying, look at all these problems that are opportunities that I can go solve. Yeah, I really appreciate that and, and have come to... Um, appreciate more and more that the that that part of the mission of the of the institute, right? That you know, because we don't graduate students, the majority of them don't go out and start businesses. But can they go to? We pride ourselves on the fact that they're ready to go to work and ready to contribute and and able to think in an entrepreneurial way. And I think that's really important. And we have a very long tail that we don't even know what's going to happen yep. yet on this because the 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 research shows that the most successful ventures are actually not started by those college graduates. The most successful ventures are started by people at average around 45. Yeah. And so when I look at the students I'm working with now and I see the way that they're thinking now, 
I can't wait to see what's going to happen in 20 years from now, not the three years, the 20 years from now where they went off into industry, they, they honed their skills, but they were honing those skills with this underlying mindset and ability to think um, outside of their own discipline. And I, I can't wait to see where those where those turn into and and your imprint will be on them and for that you know the university should say thank you and it's appreciative so let, let me on behalf of the institution uh chris thank you um uh, this has been a great conversation with chris kaltzman the innovator in residence at lehigh's baker institute for entrepreneurship creativity and innovation chris thanks for being with me today thank you so much i do have one final question for you it is um a question that we ask all of our guests on, okay. on the Go-Getters podcast. It is existential in nature. It is, I can take no credit for it, um, but we get fascinating answers. Uh, and so I will ask you, Chris Kautzman, is there anything you know for sure? I think what I know for sure is that there is far more that I individually and that we collectively don't know than what we do. And that is not scary to me. That is exciting to me. And I don't think that will ever change in the way I think about the world, the universe, the future, the past, that we do not know everything. We know such a tiny fraction of what is possible. Um, and it's exciting to be in a place where we're learning new stuff every day. Well, thank you. Chris is uh, an exciting personality. I hope that that comes through in the interview. I've always enjoyed being with him, and, and he's one of those personalities. He's always, he always makes me feel better about myself when I'm with him, and I always feel like he, he brings a smile on my face, and he's one of the true assets that we have here at Lehigh. So beautiful answer, as I, as I would have uh, predicted. And uh, let me say thank you, Chris, uh, once again, for all you're doing for, for our students today and the imprints you're leaving on them for their future successes. Much appreciated. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely my pleasure. Appreciate it. This has been Go-Getters, a podcast from Lehigh University hosted by Joe Buck, Vice President for Development and Alumni Relations. I'm Gianna Jara, founder of With Meraki Co. With Meraki Co. was founded during my senior year while studying biomedical engineering at Lehigh University. I got to know Chris when I approached him about turning my scientific research about probiotics and their importance for vaginal health into a business. He has had a significant impact on my transition from scientist to businesswoman. Bridging the gap between the two is always super scary, but Lehigh students are so lucky to have someone like Chris at the Baker Institute. It is the reason why many look to him for mentorship and we are beyond thankful to be working with him. Special thanks to producer Janet Norwood, media production specialist Jarrett Brown, and the Lehigh University Office of Development and Alumni Relations. Go inside the episode at lehigh.edu slash go-getters to learn more about Ventures Lab, the entrepreneurs and founders getting their start at Lehigh. Don't forget to subscribe to Go-Getters on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast app of choice. And take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so that other listeners can find us. Mm-hmm.